0: What up, what up, what up? Hope y'all enjoyed that little hip-hop ride. My name is Cliff Cadet, I'm your host, and this is When the Hunt Calls. Now, this podcast is essentially my way of sharing my journey to becoming a skilled hunter. So each week, I'm going to attempt to hook y'all up with a guest from the hunting industry or community and basically learn whatever I can. Now, at the end of the show, if I've introduced you to someone you've never heard of, if you've learned something new in the sport of hunting, or if I've encouraged you to kind of look further into a specific topic in the world of hunting, then I've succeeded in doing my job. All right. Now, my guest this episode is Adam Bryant, the a.k.a. A.B. three. Now, Adam is an avid hunter with experience in hog, turkey, deer and duck hunting. But his love for deer hunting is what keeps him going. So Adam is also the creator and host of the Bryantland show. That's a podcast that covers just about everything outdoor related so on today's show adam and i talk about how he got into podcasting he tells us about his hunting experiences but most importantly he's going to share his turkey hunting story and why the phrase hey turkey is so important so sit back relax and listen in our conversation now recording so yo thank you man for doing this i really appreciate it i really appreciate your patience because you know originally having to record an hour before um you know push push back on you uh you know an hour or so so i really appreciate it brother
1: oh yeah no problem man like i said i i know how this podcasting thing is man you you got to be flexible the most flexible of all the flexibles
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's kick this off man so um, I think it's been almost a year now since since I think uh you and I met uh via social media, you know what I'm saying, Instagram to to be specific. Um and uh if it, if not this month, definitely another month or two, it'll be a year. Um and we met um primarily through your podcast, right. um The Bryant Land Show, which which is now named the Bryant Land Show. So I wanted to get into real quick before we get to anything else. How did um, the Bryantland show come about or its first incarnation, you know, the Bryantland Country Podcast?
1: So it basically was formed kind of out of necessity. Um, my vi- my background is in video production. I'm a television director. So I wanted to make like interviews um almost like Vlad TV style I don't know if uh you're familiar with Vlad TV or people familiar with Vlad TV but he's like a youtuber and he interviews like people from every walk of life from like entertainers to like athletes musicians I mean I've even seen some of his stuff like with adult film stars like all kinds of people but wow. the thing I like about it is it's just a person a background, and then you hear his voice off camera, um, but you never see him. Like, it's all about the subject of, you know, the person he's interviewing. So when I started, I wanted to make, you know, videos like that. And the people that I found, while they were interesting, it was a lot of travel, it was a lot of money. um, I was doing all the editing. um, So I just got burned out, like, really, really quick. And around that time, I had started investigating the medium of podcasting and not realizing that podcasts had been around for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I started podcasting because it allowed me. I mean, like last year, we did like 50, I want to say like... 51 episodes like 51 true episodes and then maybe like another 4 or 5 like little bonus episodes. So we did like 55 podcasts where I probably had not counting repeats probably 45 like different people. I have to actually count, but it was somewhere in the 40s. When I talk I'll just I'll low cut it and say at least 40 something people. I mean, that's more that I would have ever talked to doing it the way that I was doing it before. And, I mean, that's, you know, different stories, different experiences, you know, just meeting people um, that otherwise I never would have been able to get their stories or their information um, out there. So that's how I became a medium. And then I changed the name at the beginning of the year just because it was a mouthful. Like, the Bryantland Country Podcast was – you know it was cool when i first started and it was my first idea but then i wanted something simple i wanted to keep the name Land in there because that's the branding um but i just didn't want it to continue to be a a mouthful so i just shortened it bryantland show uh, well, to
0: be honest, I had I I like both names, but what was cool about the first name was just the when you shortened it to just the acronym, it was just BLCP. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the BLCP. So, and,
1: and you know, I thought about it. Like I said, I I I went back and forth because I did like you know the BLCP moniker. I just I don't know. I just felt like it didn't catch on, like. um mm like I wanted it to, and, um, you know, a lot of, I was just looking at the model of a lot of successful podcasts, and they don't even have, like, the word podcast in it, you know, it's just, like, the Brian Land show, or, you know, like, whatever, you know, show, or, like, if it's a podcast that had a catchy name, because I, I went through trying to figure out a catchy name, but every name that I came up to, came up with, I felt like it was limiting, um you know because i just didn't want to limit it to bow hunters because that's always like my first love and my favorite topic is talking to bow hunters mm. and i didn't want to limit it to that um so yeah that's how i just ended up you know like i said keeping the branding and you know the thing about being a creative as you probably already know it's like we're always tinkering and there's something that you know you wanna. Yes. You know wanna create or whatever, but I think I'm gonna leave the name alone for now and just kinda kind of rock with it from there yeah well i can I can
0: tell you right now that's been the most the uh, i mean while I'm having you know a blast you know interviewing people and talking to people I don't normally talk to um the other side of it has been mastering the whole editing, you know what I'm saying the the audio editing. Um, you know, cause I'm doing this primarily on my phone and an app on my phone. So it's been really fun figuring out how to, you know, fade music in, fade music out, work on this track, you know, um, tweak the equalizer on this track and so on. So it's been really fun trying to master that. Um, you know, and, and I, I'd like to believe that with each episode, I'm getting better and, you know, listeners, um, can see that, can hear that, but, yeah. um, now with that being said, I gotta tell you, if I haven't told you already, um, you know, I'm a I'm a, a huge fan of your show. I look forward to every episode being dropped on, you know, every Monday. Um and the reason one there's two reasons why I've remained so loyal to your show. Or three reasons, like I could say. One, first one being you have such a wide range of guests. Um the second reason is that um Every time you speak to a person, while it sounds like, you know, you probably had never really spoken to them before that conversation, by the end of your podcast, y'all sound like, uh, you know, two peas in a pod. And I love that. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's kind of like, like if, if, you, if you, were, you break them down question by question, and then by the end of the, the show, they're your best friend. You know what I'm saying? And I really like that about your podcast. Um, And the third reason I've been listening to you loyally is because you are actually the very first podcast I have ever listened to prior to, to, um, what do you call it? Meeting, meeting you, you know, online, um, on Instagram, I, I had never listened to a podcast before, you know what I'm saying? So. That's basically it. You know what I'm saying? I i, I was stuck on you. So, make sure you, you drop every episode on time, Monday mornings. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm I, looking forward to it.
1: Man, I, <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, I, I've never had it completely broken down to me like that. So, I, I really appreciate it, man. And it, it's it's rough, man. Like, trying to meet that Monday deadline because it's like, I... Like, I want to make sure that I have something compelling or have something to say where I'm not rambling and I like to do guests. But, you know, sometimes that's just the nature of the beast. Like, it's hard to get guests, man, when you're trying to schedule, you know, folks based on what they have going on and trying Mm -hmm. to mess with what, you know, I have going on. Sometimes that's how I just end up doing like 15 minutes or, you know, like or 12 minutes or whatever just so i can stay consistent because everything that i read when i was doing my research on podcasting was you know like the consistency that that's what people look for um is just to be consistent so that's why even you know if i just got like a top like a couple of topics or something that i've seen you know i just try to put something out there to keep you know to make sure that i'm keeping with that consistency and 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 not uh, disappointing the listener. So, man, I like I said, I really, really appreciate that. And as far as, like, you know, the uh, making people feel comfortable, I honestly don't know where that comes from because I am as introverted as introverted can be. I don't believe that. <laughs> I, I really like, I really am. I mean, like, in my profession as a director, I mean, you know, you have to talk to different people and, you know, you kind of, have to be like a people person to get, um, you know, the most out of people and to make sure that you're on the same, you know, page and whatnot. But at my core, like I like being to myself by myself. There are a lot of days, like if you look on my, um, Instagram, you'll see pictures of me like out on my land and stuff. And a lot of times I'm out there by myself. Like when my kids are at school, when the summer comes, we'll all be out there together. But for the most part, like I like being, you know, to myself. So it's funny. You're not the only person that has said that. It's like, man, like, you know, do you know these people? And it's like, no, like I don't like to do a lot of prepping before I do, um, uh, interview like i'll like you know do like an introduction via instagram via email or whatever like you know inbox or whatnot talk for a couple of minutes on the phone I, I don't like to send even though some people i know i understand they're nervous so they want um you know like the questions you're gonna ask like a lot of times i don't know the questions i'm gonna ask i have like five bullet points that i want to hit and from there like i just want it to be a natural conversation like you may say something that may spark another question or may spark a topic or may spark an experience that i had that you know may lead into something else so that's kind of how i like to do it but that is definitely one of my favorite compliments because like i said i've heard that from a few people and when i get people that are like well i've never done this before or I don't know if I'm going to have a lot to say. And then they look up 45 minutes later and we're done. And like, wow, it was that long? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because at the end
0: of the day, at the end of the day, um, especially if you're not sitting face to face with a person, you know what I'm saying? It's, I, I guess you got to keep it as organic as possible just to be able to get that person comfortable. Because I do the same thing that you were talking about. Like I'll have... A couple of bullet points um, down, you know what I'm saying? Stuff that mm-hmm. I'd like to touch on, that I really want to know about the person or what it is they're doing. But if in the midst, middle of the conversation they they spark my interest on something else, I could be like, oh damn, I'm gonna ask him or her about this. You right. know what I'm saying? And then it ends up going down a whole other rabbit hole that might be way more interesting than what my original topic was gonna be.
1: Right, and uh, to me, that's what makes it fun. Now, this this year, I've done one already. I want to try to do a couple more, but I like doing the face-to-face because you can see, like, their reaction. And, I mean, it's still the same formula, except you're right there face-to-face. So I, mm-hmm. I've done a couple. Um, the well, I did, I've done one this year, then I did one last year. So I want to try to do a couple of more uh face to face like i got this idea of a round table that i want to do where i got like three or four people um Mm. and i'll just sit down and just basically you know just bouncing stuff off of each other and talking to each other like i'll kind of i'll kind of quarterback it but then you know we got two or three other people and we just basically having a discussion so uh, that's, that's something that I'm working, uh, working towards. Hopefully, I'll be able to do over the summer. Well, if you're
0: able to do that, if I could recommend uh, one guest, that would be right now in my head, honestly, because I like the way the two of y'all play off each other, Antonio Marsh.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So y'all, y'all, y'all too. like, honestly, if, if, if you ever took on a co-host, I honestly believe that that would be the best bet because y'all, y'all too, you've had Antonio on what two, maybe three times.
1: Already? I think, man, I, I I, have went to that, what I call the Marshwell, probably <laughs> about three or four times. Um, I've had him, let's see, I had him and his wife. I think me and him done twice, and then his daughter was on towards the yeah. end of the yeah and it's just i don't know man like you you talk to somebody which again for me is rare you mm-hmm. talk to somebody and it's just like y'all just click and i think what helped that is we had a mutual friend so it was like a guy that um runs camera for me when we do sporting events and then he also shot for me when i was doing some videos so he shot like A couple of my videos and we were talking one day and he was like hey i know i got somebody i want you to meet and i was like okay cool and he kind of set it up online and then we just got to talking and then when i did when i started doing the podcast i was like hey you want to do uh would you come on it's like yeah and then it just kind of clicked after that and then being right there in columbia and columbia south carolina like i have to pass through there on my way home to go see my mom and stuff so we just i don't know man it's just like uh we just clicked so it, it's funny that you said that because it it is and when you know when he's on you know people respond to whatever whether you know it's people that enjoy listening to him or people like you who say like dang y'all sound like y'all have a lot of fun so yeah. i don't know it, it's it, Again, it, it something I've not heard. You know, something that I've heard before <laughs> that I kind of like kick around in the back of my mind. I'm just like, mm, you know,
0: <laughs> no. But it's it's he's really cool. He's somebody. Um, if not his his whole family, like him and his wife and his daughter, definitely him. Though I'd like to get on um, my podcast as well because he's definitely an interesting dude. And and I've loved the stories like he's be he's been able to share with you. Um, uh, you know, I'd like my listeners to hear as well. But um, but definitely, over overall, though, I think he's been one of my um, favorite guests that you've had on, um, you know, over the past year.
1: Yeah, and then the crazy thing about him, too, that impresses me, man, like, just coming out of the gate, this ain't somebody, like, him and his family, like, they kind of jumped in to the whole thing together, and they've had so much success. I mean, it ain't like, you know that it's like a fluke or whatever. I mean, like their their family, the last I think like four years or whatever, have consistently like dropped animals, whether it's deer, hogs, bucks, does, whatever. Like all three of them are like between his wife, him, his wife, and his daughter. Like they getting it done. So it, yeah, it's just and- remarkable. And, and
0: I like the, fi- the family dynamic as well, because the daughter's uh, uh, a self-proclaimed girly girl, you know what I'm saying? And, then, right. and then him And then I like the kind of um, unspoken wi- uh, rivalry between Antonio and his wife, you know what I'm saying, uh, right. that, that goes on there. So, and it's, it's almost like they do it without even trying, you know what I'm saying? It comes across. And then at the end of the day, they're getting the job done out there.
1: Yeah, and that's like I say, that's what you know, kind of drew me to like their whole story and stuff, and just how you know they, as a family, they get out there and and they get it done, man.
0: Um, um just a quick side note for the listeners because you know what we may be talking about, um, some people that my listeners um aren't familiar with. Um, if you guys don't know, we're talking about the Marshes, um. Antonio Marsh specifically, um, the patriarch of the Marsh family. Um, check them out on Instagram at Hunting with the Marshes. They are uh, a dope account to be fi- uh, following. The family that hunts together, I would say, stays together. <laughs> you know say
1: that's true. That's true. Right.
0: So, uh, you know what? Speaking of hunting, we've been speaking about the Marshes a little bit and talking about their uh, their deal. Um, Now, your podcast has been um, just, I don't want to say just hunting oriented. It's been outdoors oriented because you've covered duck hunting, hog hunting, turkey, deer, and the whole nine. Um, Let's dive into your hunting experience and, like, where you got started when it
1: came to hunting. Um, I always tell people, like, I came to this, like, late, and it was kind of like... A progression um, I started out like I grew up with a dirt road of South Carolina so I was always around it but nobody in my family was you know big on hunting like you know you see deer or whatever um, my great aunt used to take us fishing um, so I enjoyed doing that but I really wasn't big in the hunting and then as I got older you know i bought like an atv and for about two years that was my biggest thing it's like i wanted to be out you know in the woods on the trails riding atvs um and then once i kind of you know got comfortable with that it was like you know i wanted to learn how to shoot a bow and it was something that i had again just kind of been looking at researching and in my mind i was just like okay if i can learn how to shoot a bow you know maybe You know, one day I'll be good enough to kill something with it. Well, I picked up a bow like Father's Day almost. It's going on five years ago now because it was a Father's Day gift to myself. Like literally on a Saturday, like I made up my mind I was going to do this. And on a Saturday, I went to an introductory archery class, shot um, a traditional bow, and was okay at it and i was like i can do this <laughs> and i have been and i have been studying compound bows too um but i I, re- I distinctly remember the guy being like you know nobody wants to take the time to learn how to be a traditional archer you know it's all about these crossbows and compound bows and people want to take the easy way out and blah 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 <laughs> and i was just like yeah Yeah, (laughs) so I took it was like twenty bucks for like a forty minute session or whatever. It was maybe like ten other people in the class, um, of all ages, which was kind of cool. So I took that class. Like I said, I did okay. I kind of got a couple of fundamentals, and I was like, all right, I'm good. So I went to bass bass pro shop. I bought a bow. I had been like eyeballing it for like a few months. Bought a bow. Bought some arrows. For the target uh got everything set up and then just started shooting and shooting on my own time like working on you know my form and getting everything dialed in like i really didn't watch a whole bunch of youtube videos or like this is the way you should do blah 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 i just kind of went out and just started shooting and now like i said that was like in june and then by like october um i found a guy in south georgia that you know takes people out on hog hunts. so me and my son uh we went like in october over like a fall break or whatever and it was a hunt with dogs and Mm. and we went on that and i killed my first hog with a bow and i was hooked after that and nice so I, i just started you know, I killed a hog. I think I killed a, um, a doe later on that year. And then I had, by then, I had moved to Wisconsin for a job. And then I ended up um, finding someone up there and to take me. And then I went, I killed like a small buck, I think, later on that year or whatever. So like the first few months was really cool. Um, as far as like success, I mean, it wasn't like the doe that I killed was a good shot. The first buck I ever killed was horrible. Like, I, I shot it in the like in the um in the hams, like in the back, but I hit like a major artery. So when I shot him, like he was just pouring out blood. Uh, but it was, I remember just being so mad at myself because I was like, oh my god, that was a horrible shot. Like, I shot it. it excuse this person i was like i shot this deer in the ass and i'm (laughs) like what are we doing like i was so pissed but um i hit a main artery because i saw the blood like just scrolling like squeezing out and then i was able to get down and follow him up so but that was basically how i got started and then when i went from bow hunting took an interest in duck hunting started learning how to duck hunt and just going on different guided hunts, um, um, for ducks and geese and kind of fell in love with it. And then, uh, went Turkey hunting, enjoyed that. So like I said, I was late to it and then just trying different types of hunts and whatnot. And then I kind of figured out what I really love. So like now, Like, I really love deer hunting because I can pretty much do it, like, on my own. Um, I still go on a few uh, guided duck hunts um, and turkey hunts a a year when time is allowed. But the deer hunting is what I really look forward to because I can do it, like, on my own. And, and, you know, I'm not a great deer hunter, but I'm pretty decent. Um, And, I I'm always learning, so. Got it. So you actually answered my next question, which I was
0: going to ask because you've harvested hog, a buck, a doe, um, what do you call it? Some ducks and uh turkey. So I was going to ask you, you know, what was your favorite? You already answered deer. So now have, I should ask, have all your hunts been guided or have you gone no. out on your own?
1: No, I go out. Um, I've gone out for, on my own turkey and, uh, deer hunting, um. And then, like I said, I went out, got it, like, on uh, geese, duck and geese. And then I've been out on a guided turkey hunt. And, you know, people get, like, on a high horse or get, you know, real, like, pissy whenever you say, like, you know, you go on a guided hunt. It's like, oh, well, that's not really hunting and blah blah, 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 and, like, all this other stuff. To me, it's just smart. I mean, if you can do it and you can find somebody um, and, you know, if, if it's feasible, it's just smart because at the end of the day, if you don't have time to scout mm-hmm. um, and to know like where animals are and stuff or have like your own, you know, space or your own prime like land or whatnot, you wasting time. and You might as well be pissing in the wind because <laughs> I mean, that's that's you know the most important part i think of hunting is going out and scouting you pull po- like if you look at any animal that you hunt the number one thing that you always see is scout more than you actually hunt mm. so i don't think you should not do it or be subject to somebody's high horse ridicule because you know, you can afford to go on a guided hunt or whatever. I mean, I don't know. So I, that's just no. I, that I don't. I, I don't like like I sit and I read certain things and I listen to people, whatnot, and they just sound real ignorant when they get on their high horse about little things like that, man. Yeah, I,
0: you, I totally, I totally agree. Because, because listen, it's something I heard uh, a couple months back. Is is the phrase. You can't learn to, how to kill anything if you don't kill anything. You right. know what I'm saying? So, so to me, it's like it's. I would see a guided hunt, especially early in your hunting career, as uh, you know what an impromptu way of mentoring. You learn from somebody on a guided hunt, and then now you take whatever you've learned on a guided hunt and then implement it on your own.
1: Basically. That's basically okay. all it all it is all it is. And I mean, you know, you can talk about, you know, being in the woods and being nature and close to God and all that other stuff. I'm not knocking any of that. And yes, that's definitely part of it. But at the end of the day, you wanna be successful because unless you just a completely wired differently person. You keep being, if you continue to not be successful, I don't know about you, but I get tired of doing stuff if I'm not successful. <laughs> so. I, I
0: agree. It, it tends to turn you off. It tends to turn right. you off. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: I can only imagine. So, so um, you've touched on, um, you know, earlier podcast episodes that you've set up um, your own food plot. Um, how's that going?
1: I hate doing food but I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I do them because obviously they are a benefit to the animals on the uh you know on the property. Um, the only reason why I say I hate doing them because I feel like for the amount of effort that I put into them, they do not yield the reward. Um, excuse me, this year. I did one and it was probably the best one that I've done since I've had my property. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, again, it was a learning curve. The first year I did it, I bought, like, your throwing grow seed from, you know, like, Cabela's bass or whatever and just threw it down, put some fertilizer and kind of hope for the best. And then with more research, you know, I started doing my soil test and making sure you know the proper amount of lime, proper amount of fertilizer getting the ground you know right and whatnot and i've seen better results as far as like um and when i say results you know just like the height of plants and you know uh, how good the food plot you know looks making sure the seeds are spreaded evenly that you're not wasting seeds, you know, things like that. Um, so that's why I say for the amount of effort that I put into it, I wish I would see better results from that. But, I mean, I've got tons of pictures of animals, you know, whether it be uh, deer, turkeys, rabbits, or whatever, that have used the food plots and, you know, they, they hit them. You know, when you get them out there and then you get it, you know, a a decent amount of forage, they, they hit them. So Mm -hmm. now when you, when you set up a
0: food plot and all these animals come in and partake, right, is it something you got to tend to throughout the season? Like kind of, is there some kind of upkeep throughout the season that you got to do? Or it's kind of like you do it before the season, you plant all these seeds, let it grow. And then, and then you just hunt that, that food plot. Come, um, come, deer season.
1: Yeah, kind of like the second one. I, now there are some people that will go in and do like the spray, like the pesticides or whatever for like weeds and stuff. Quite frankly, with all the stuff going around, with um, you know a lot of that stuff that causes cancer. Uh, mm. um, I've I've been really weary of using pesticides uh, and I, I haven't put in as much effort as I should to finding, you know, like more organic um, means of controlling weeds and stuff like that. Cause I'm sure they're out there, but um, that has kind of steered me away from doing like the whole, like uh, spraying and stuff like that. Um, so once I, I pretty much, try to make sure that I got, you know, the soil and the seed beds cleared out. Um, Usually depending on the directions of what I'm planting between anywhere from like July to like late August, um, try to get everything in the ground. Hope you get a good rain and then just kind of watch, watch everything grow. Uh, from there, uh, but it's all really depending on the rain. Like right now, you know, we're almost seventy days into the year, and it's probably rained for like sixty something days here in Georgia. But wow. come September, you know, like June, like August, September, we'll be praying for that rain. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's never, it's never when you need it, never right? When you it need de- it, doesn't seem it. It definitely doesn't seem like it, it's when we need it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so um I want to switch this up a little bit
0: and I want to talk turkey. All right. Um when's uh, turkey season for you out in Georgia?
1: March 21st. All
0: right. So so, so you are looking so forward to it, hunt?
1: Yeah, I <laughs> am, man. I I am because turkey has become one of those things where it's like I've enjoyed learning the stuff that I've learned. Um, And for me also, I've said that, you know, my, uh, probably my best or my greatest accomplishment is calling in and killing the turkey with a Mm boat. So I, I look forward to it. I have not had much success here in Georgia. Um, with turkeys, like my success has come like in Nebraska or when I was living in uh, Wisconsin. Um, so there's still, you know, a large part of me that wants to be able to be successful, you know, here where I live. All right. Well, here's the deal you've told me this story before, I've heard
0: it on your podcast. You gotta tell this story to my listeners, and this is the the "Hey Turkey, the Hey Turkey" story. All right. So you're actually selling this as part of your merch. It's it's a a t shirt, uh, a a Bryantland t shirt that says "Hey Turkey" on it. Yeah. Please, please share with me again and with my listeners for the first time what exactly is behind the phrase "Hey Turkey."
1: So I was hunting in Nebraska. I went um to this lodge in nebraska um it was in comstock uh comstock lodge in nebraska it it was um it was really nice i went out there and the day that i came in there was this couple that was finishing up and the guy was telling me you know because i had up until that point i really hadn't done a whole lot. Like I've done, I did a little bit of turkey hunting, but I hadn't done a whole lot. And so we're sitting around and we're talking and he was just like, you know, when, if you get a turkey close, it's like in order to stop them, just yell, Hey Turkey. And they'll stop and they'll look around. It's like, because it's a sound that they're not used to hearing. And I'm like, Okay, this dude's really got to be pulled. Like he's ribbing me. Like he is pulling my leg like that. that like that's some BS. That, that don't because like, that don't even sound like it makes sense. So I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I figure you just sitting around the camp shooting the breeze. So God drops me off. I'm sitting in the blind, and I'm kind of you know I'm calling or whatever. And these are Miriams um, out there. So the cool thing about Miriam's, um, the subspecies, Miriam's subspecies of Turkey is they're very vocal. So unlike Easterns or Osceola's where you just got to call and then just kind of be quiet and hope for the best Miriam's along with Rio's, you can call almost like every 15 minutes and they are, you know, they're pretty responsive. So I'm calling, I'm mm-hmm. calling, um, and then finally, four of them come down this ridge, and they are like fired up. Like every time I hit the call, they, you know, or a goblin or whatever. So they come down the ridge, and I got my camera, I'm like filming or whatever, and I get all what I thought was four, but it was actually five. Um, but it was only four in the frame. So I'm following them, following them. And then I get to the edge of the blind, so they're out of the frame, and I'm kind of like, "Well, shit, I got to shoot one of these birds before they get." Out of here. <laughs> so I pull, you know, I stop, pull the bow back, uh, draw back, pick one of them out, and I'm little, and I was like, "Hey, turkey." <laughs> <laughs> It stopped, like, no lie. Like, it stopped dead in his tracks, gobbled. And while it was gobbling, I shot him uh, in the uh, in the joint where the breast or where the uh, wing, the top of the wing, you know, connects to the breast or whatever. Shot him right there, passed through. And it's funny because, like, on the video, you don't see the shot, but you can hear it and you can hear it. You can hear the turkey gobble, and you can hear the arrow hit him as soon as he, you know, gobbles. So then, you know, they turn around. They take off. Like, he start hobbling, and then he takes off flying. And I got all that on camera. He takes off his flies, and, and he piles up under the tree. Now, I'm thinking that... That wasn't, for whatever reason, I didn't think that was the one I shot. I thought I shot, like, another one, and I'm watching the other four, like, go up the ridge, and it wasn't until we reviewed the footage, it was like, well, wait a minute, that's the one that I hit, and he piled up under the tree. So, we went up under the tree, and sure enough, there he was, piled up, Um, you know, first Nebraska Miriam, but yeah, man, like, I didn't believe nice. it, that it worked. And I was just like, hey, turkey. And it was, and <laughs> went right through him. And it, what's crazy, though, that's the only time I did that because, like, when I was in Wisconsin, I was hunting with a shotgun. And the turkey was right there. And then he kind of stopped on his own. And I just, you know, put the bead on him. And then um in, I think I went to can Ken- Yeah, Kansas. In Kansas last year, Um it was just so windy, like I could never get a good shot um, on a, on any of the turkeys. Like I had, I saw some um, good gobblers, and I was bow hunting because um, Kansas has a period, like the first part of their season in April, where it's bow hunt only. And so I was bow hunting, and but it was so windy out there, like I just could not get a good shot on a bird. Wow. All right, so let me ask you. Um, as uh, you know, I wrap this up
0: a little bit. I'm going to be turkey hunting for the first time uh, this spring. All right, in New York State, uh, spring turkey hunting season is May 1st to May 31st. Um, is there any advice you could offer me on my first hunt? Something I should think about. Already keep in mind, I'm probably going to use Hey Turkey. so so, uh, if if I'm able to get that in camera I will you will be the first person I send that clip to but uh is there any piece of advice you could share with me as a first time uh you know
1: first time bow hunting turkey man just I would say practice make sure you're good with you know hitting the turkey with your bow um you know, I usually practice sitting down, fifteen to twenty yards. Like I do, because that's the thing with bow hunting turkeys. Just like with bow hunting anything, you want to try to bring them close. You know, you want to get them in close. So I mean, just make sure you practice in. You know, hitting that kill zone, hitting that spot, because it's smaller on a turkey than any other animal that, you know, most people bow hunt. You know, when you're talking about hogs or turkey or hogs or deer or whatever, um, the kill shot on a turkey is very small. Um, The other thing, too, I would just say, make sure you're practicing your calling, um, because you will have to call, um, or it helps to know how to call, you know, um, I'm big on the diaphragm calls cause it keeps your hands free, especially when bowl hunting. Yeah. I
0: was just about to ask, which did you prefer a slate diaphragm or a box call?
1: Uh, I'm definitely diaphragm all the way. Um, cause like I said, keep your hands free. And I got like four or five different ones that, you know, I'll switch them out and it's just kind of, you find the one that hopefully they respond to. And then probably the third thing I would just say, scout. Because you, if you don't know where they are or if you don't have a good idea where, you know, they're either roosting or where they like to go, then, again, like I said, if you don't know, then you're basically just pissing in the wind and hoping for the best. So try to, I know you hunt like up in New York State, so it's out of the city, Um, but try to, you know, scout as much as you can. Like if you go up the day before, maybe just spend that day scouting. Um or scout like that morning and then go in the afternoon. If y'all have afternoon hunting, cause I know some States they shut it down. Yeah. New York state is, um,
0: I believe it's definitely sunrise. If not 30 minutes before sunrise, it's definitely sunrise
1: to 12 noon and that's it. Yeah. See, that's what, yeah. Like some States, you know, you can only hunt in the morning. So, I mean, just make sure, you know, you scout and try to get a good idea you know and locate some birds man and then just just kind of go from there those would be my biggest things you know like i said make sure you're comfortable shooting with the target because you know when the moment when the truth comes you want to be able you know to put that pin on that bird you know work on your calling and then you know get out and scout man
0: all right Uh, you know what i think those tips were actually perfect to uh close this out on man um actually you know what I just want to know if you want, if you want to share with me and my listeners, Um, I guess last question, what can we look forward to with um the Bryant land show? Anything coming up? Any, any, you know, like celebrities or something
1: you're going to be having on or Man, you know what like, what's next? Trying, you? I've been trying to get some, like some celebrities, like athletes and stuff that, um that hunt. And it's just, been really hard, um, but I'm gonna keep trying, keep plugging. You know, I have like a list of guests of people that you know I want to try to get on. Nothing that is confirmed yet. My biggest thing, man, the people that listen to the show is just to know that when you wake up on Monday morning, that a show is going to be there for you. Whether it's you know a short show, it just hitting you with a couple of things that's on my mind, or a couple of things you know that I see. Out here from the hunting community or outdoors or whatever or whether you know i got a guest um that's bringing something unique uh to them you know and and bringing it to the uh to the show man so it's just i just try to be consistent um if i know ahead of time like i got something big then i'll try to tease it a little bit but man you just got to tune in every week and see what we bringing
0: no doubt brother and i look forward to it yo Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate this. Um, you know, as always, I always, you know, since since I met you through Instagram last year, I've learned a lot from you, and even in this, you know, forty five minute convo, you hear say again, learned a lot, uh, a lot from you, and um, you know, I can never get tired of that uh, hey Turkey story,
1: so, <laughs> <laughs> man. I- like I guess I appreciate it, man. I'm very, you know, very happy to see you, you know, get your podcast up and going, man. And I've enjoyed uh listening to your podcast as well. I know you started last year doing um the uh the Instagram videos and stuff like the Instagram lives, but I'm glad to see uh you getting, you know, your podcast and getting your podcast platform out there, man. So keep I keep up with the that. work. I appreciate that, brother.
0: All right. Thank you, man. Yo, you have a good one, and uh, we'll be in touch. Yes, sir. All right. All right. I want to thank Adam again for taking the time out to chill with me. I really enjoyed his Hey Turkey story, and I hope that you did too. Now, if you'd like to give Adam's podcast a listen, it's called The Bryant Land Show, and you can find Adam on Instagram as at official Bryant Land. All right. Now, with that being said, if you guys get a chance and you enjoyed this episode, head over to the review section of this podcast and hook me up with a five star rating and even write up a quick review. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it, y'all. So until next time, get outside, get to the range wherever you can, as long as it's legal and shoot your boat. Stay blessed, everyone.